to stand open our Bibles to Proverbs tonight. We are doing a series on the home, primarily going through the book of Proverbs and teaching these principles. Proverbs chapter 24, we will read verses 30 through verse 34. Keep your Bibles open because we'll be reading a lot of scripture from the book of Proverbs tonight. The Bible says, I went by the field of the slothful, by the vineyard of the man void of understanding, and lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. And then I saw and considered it well, and I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. I preach tonight on the subject of teaching your children diligence. I'm thankful once again. I want to say I'm grateful for Capital City Baptist Church and the parents that we have. And this is one of the strengths of the parents in this church teaching their children a good work ethic, but still mentioned in the book of Proverbs. I believe it needs to be mentioned all of us on some level and some area can use the help. Now, young people in the book of Proverbs, when it mentions the sluggard or the slothful, That's not a category you want to find yourself in, not even for a day, not for a year of your life. You shouldn't be mentioned in this category. You shouldn't be referred to. And the slothful is that person that avoids work. Now, hold on for a second. Not all work, because there are sluggards and slothful that avoid work. It's just the work that they don't like to participate in, something that actually takes effort, usually physical effort. Now look at what it says in Proverbs 6. We're going to race to a lot of scriptures tonight. But we come to the house of God to study the word of God. Amen. Proverbs 6 verse 9. Uh, the slothful is identified by the characteristic of loving sleep too much. Now all of us like sleep. Anybody in here hate sleep? Just because you like to sleep, your body needs to rest. We're talking about someone who loves to sleep and sleep and sleep. What a misnomer to say, I slept last night like a baby. You must have had a bad night because that's waking up every two hours and screaming. You ought to say, I slept last night like a teenager. They have perfected the art. If you have teens, you know what I'm talking about. Look what it says, Proverbs 6, verse 9. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou rise out of thy sleep? Uh, young people, you should not be that one that has to be awakened by a parent. You should not love endless sleep. And you say, Pastor, my body just needs 10, 12 hours of sleep. You need to go to a doctor. I'm serious. Get get your blood sugar checked out. Uh, Usually there's a physical ailment that comes with that. And you find out you have sleep apnea or some other issue. A lot of times that can be addressed. But uh, we're not talking about physical ailments. We're talking about the sluggard who hates to work and loves to sleep. Look what it says in Proverbs 22. 13, the sluggard loves to make excuses. The slothful man saith, there's a lion without. Now, I don't care where you live. I've been to Africa numerous occasions. You can live in the jungles in Africa and can't make that claim and be honest. There's a lion in the street. But the sluggard will make up an excuse at all not to have to go outside, not to have to work too cold, too hot. If, If he thinks long enough, he can find something in his body that hurts him bad enough to call in sick. That is the sluggard. There are people who work for decades, never called in sick one time. You say, Pastor, if you knew my boss, you would know why calling in not a great characteristic. You're not going to get me distracted by your comments tonight. 
sluggards are known to be procrastinators. Now, a sluggard doesn't mean that he's never busy. It means he's busy doing things that keep him from doing what he's supposed to be doing. You'll find out you have kids that are slothful or sluggish or sluggardly. They'll find ways to be busy to avoid what they don't want to do. And when you call to get help, the first thing you're going to hear from their mouth is, Mom, I'm busy right now. Well, you just got unbusy right now. Number four, sluggards are irritating to everyone around them, especially those that are workers. Goes into Proverbs 10, verse 26. Now, if you're already under conviction, here's a problem. Proverbs 12, verse 26. Excuse me, 10, 26. As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes. How many like that feeling? You're sitting around a fire pit, you're trying to talk, and it seems like you're the magnet for the smoke. Smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to him that send him. How many love it when you send someone to do a job and you almost know, certainly, beforehand, you're only setting yourself up for frustration because if it is done at all, it'll be done haphazardly, improperly. You're just looking at the embodiment of low effort, low energy. Get out of this as quickly as I can with as little effort as I can. That's the definition of the the sluggard. Young people, you don't want to find yourself there. Now, as parents, if we allow our children to establish those habits, they will by nature. We just got to make sure that they don't. And here's what I've seen. This amazing phenomenon that I didn't understand early in life. Some of the hardest working parents in life have some of the laziest kids, and some of the laziest parents in life have the hardest working kids. And then at Donami, the lazy parents have the kids do everything. And the hardworking parents do everything for their children. you got to be careful that that doesn't happen. Now, uh, with these kids, let me, let me just say, don't teach them just to work. Teach them to enjoy work. I've heard preachers say from the pulpit, with the curse of sin came uh, the work of work. No, 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 no. Work was established before the fall. That was already the plan of God for Adam to dress and keep the garden and young people, you should not be the one that's trying to avoid work or has a bad attitude. I'm a good worker. I just have a bad attitude in the midst of my work. No, that's still a serious problem. I don't understand this generation. It's very obnoxious to me. But I excommunicate very few people. It's the ones that constantly are talking about retirement as kids. Young, you know. <laughs> we're, ta- we're talking about 40, 20-year-olds that say, well, you know, before I get this job, I just want to make sure it's a good plan for retirement. That's not high highly intelligent young person that's highly sluggardly young person who's who's saying uh if i if i have my wish in my way by the time 45 i can stop working i'd be lazy the last 30 years of my life i thank god for those in our church our elderly crowd some of the hardest working bunch you'll find on the planet but if you're 40 years old and already scheming and dreaming of retirement you've got issues that are more than skin deep there ought to be a desire there to actually do something with your life. I can't imagine preaching your funeral and the struggle of getting someone in your family to say, okay, what did this person do with their life? I, I don't know. I don't know. Played a, lot of, played a lot of video games. Watched a lot of TV series. He wore out a few couches and a, he became a lazy boy and a lazy boy. Preacher, you wouldn't say that at a funeral. I've been tempted. Trust me, I've been tempted on a couple of occasions. Now, let's just mention four short points. Well, four points. And we will go home. Number one, 
The diligent man is a doer. The slothful man is a watcher. Proverbs 6, verse 6. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Have you ever seen a, a rocking chair, lounge chair, beach chair, or couch when you're paying attention to ants? Any of you ever seen them up, sitting down, arms folded? Have you ever seen an ant that was still for even a moment? How many of you have ever noticed them carrying something enormous, three, four, five times their size, hustling? And you thought, you should at least slow down. You may rupture a disc or pull a hammy, something, slow down. Go to the ant, thou slugger, consider ways to be wise, which having no guide over sea or ruler, she provided her meat in the summer, gather food in the harvest. Ants teach us a lot. They teach us a lot, young people, about performance. I don't know if they're more aggravating words in all the world than hearing someone say, I tried. Trying never works. You succeed. You make it happen. You find a way to make it happen. You don't find an excuse for why it didn't happen. You say, this is what has to happen. This is the responsibility that I've been given. This is the age that I'm at. This is the way I'm supposed to perform. Now, we normally think of performance in a bad light in the sense of being a Christian. I don't want to be a performer. I'm, we're not talking about that. We're talking about your daily duties and saying whatever I've been given to do, I'm going to make sure I do everything to the honor and the glory of God and I do it with all my might and I don't want anyone to look at me as an underperformer, an underachiever. God gave you a healthy body, gave you a healthy mind, gave you great parents, gave you in the United States of America a lot of opportunity. You ought to be hustling harder than anyone on the planet just because you live in the land of opportunity. Too often, by osmosis, literally, we're picking up philosophy of the world, and you have countries around the world trying to get to a, a four-day work week. The Bible talks about a six-day work week. I think we ought to rest. I think we ought to relax. I'm all for vacations. I'm about ready to take a vacation. I'm all for vacation in the name of a missions trip to Ecuador. I'm all for the above. But when we have an entire philosophy that is constantly looking for extended rest and relaxation, no wonder our country is falling apart at the seams. Say, Pastor, I may be working my kids too hard. If your last name is not Johnson, I doubt it. Go to the ant. Go to the ant. Now in order, there has to be a plan. We understand that, young people. Busyness without a plan is wasted energy. You say that, those ants look like they're just running around. No, follow them around. You're going to find out they're headed for food. They're bringing it back. They're working with a plan. Uh, There's a little bit of participation. And if you have a child in the home or you have the child in the class, you have a child who repeatedly seems to be the one that's not participating, there's a problem because their arrow is pointing towards a life of slothfulness. They're finding a way to avoid work. They need gently pulled in the right direction. Diligence. Whatsoever that hand findeth to do, what's, it, what's the Bible say? Do it with, yeah, all I might. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not as to men. The Bible talks repeatedly about our participation in doing the right thing. And this has to be established early in life by parents in the home. Look what it says. In uh, verse 8, she provided her meat in the summer. That's preparation. She gathered her food in the harvest. Go with me to Proverbs 20, verse 4. Hence teaches a lot about diligence of preparation. 
The slugger will not plow by reason of the cold, therefore he shall what? He shall beg in harvest. Young people, here's what they don't do. They understand that hard work means you're always preparing for tomorrow. You know what school is about? Preparing for tomorrow. You know what English class is about? Preparing to communicate properly. Preparing to be successful on the job. You know what math is about? Preparing you to keep from looking like an idiot the rest of your life because it's a skill you'll need forever. Whatever you're doing today is preparation for tomorrow. So you're either preparing to succeed or you're preparing to fail. Every day is an opportunity to learn in preparation for being a father, for being a husband, for being an employee, or for owning a business. For whatever life has for you, you get a determined part of that through your preparation. And here's what you, if you go watch an ant like the Bible tells you to do, he is preparing for the cold weather. He's preparing for the moment when there's no food. And when others might be looking, he's sitting there on a couple, and for his little body, a couple hundred pounds of food, well prepared to pass through the winter. Young people, I don't know how many people, young people graduate from high school, not prepared for anything in life. They graduate from college, not prepared for life. Get married, not prepared for marriage. Have kids, not prepared for Children in the home because it, it, they had access to books like no other generation. They had access to wise counselors like most in life do not. And yet, wasted everything that God put right there in their path. I mean, he dropped in their path, said, pick it up and take it home. And they didn't. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. This is all about uh, preparedness. Look what it says in Proverbs 30, verse 25. Proverbs 30, verse 25. The answer, people not strong, yet they what? Prepare. They prepare. That's diligence. You're preparing everything for tomorrow. Answer lesson in perseverance. Uh, young people, you know what the diligent person does? Overcomes any obstacle. How many, how many ever watched an ant? Anybody here have watched ants at all? It's a Bible command. Watch them when they're carrying that thing three times the size of their body, four times the size of their body, and they get to a stick, a concrete wall, an obstacle, literally, they don't even slow down. They either go over it or around it. It doesn't matter how many steps it takes. There is a perseverance that says, I don't care. I'm going to overcome the obstacles. And parents, if we're going to teach our children diligence, we've got to teach them, you persevere until you get it done. You persevere until you figure it out. No, don't come tell me that you hate that class. You just work harder. All of us had classes in high school and college that we hated. All of us had classes we struggled with. Just because you can't figure out that song, just because Miss Simpson and Miss Tara seem like they're wonderful people until they get behind you and you're trying to play that tune, and they're like, yeah, you'll get it. And then they give you the eyes like, yeah, you can do it. But there's a little bit of that, I'll kill you if you don't look in their eyeballs. They're just telling you, you're going to persevere. You ought to thank God for a parent that says, you're going to persevere, you're not going to quit now. You're going to learn how to do that, and you're going to learn how to do it well. We have a generation of young people, the only thing they've perfected is the art of video games. And now we've got a generation of young people bragging about stupidity. Boy, i got level 68. I don't know anything about video games. I don't know what the levels are, how many points you can score. I have no idea. Brother Mike and I, we just played the old ping pong. Boy, video games have changed a lot since then. Amen.
Let's go to Proverbs 31. Now that we're right here before we move on to the next point. The diligent man is a what? Doer. Slothful man is a what? Well, I just sit around and watch. Proverbs 31, verse 26. Young ladies, you ought to be diligent. Look what the Bible says about the virtuous woman. 31, verse 26. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. Wrong verse, but we're going to find where it's at. If we have to read this whole thing, verse 27 is the verse we're looking for. Thankfully, we don't have to read that far. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the what? And now if you reread this chapter, you know what she's doing. This woman is hustling day and night, working to make things work in her home. But here's what the Bible says. Putting it in, in, wrapping it all up, she eateth not the bread of what? Too many young people today literally are living off the bread of idleness. Number two, diligent man has no need for excuses, but the slothful, their whole life is one big, fat, lousy excuse. There shouldn't be any excuse for failure. You get up and make it happen. Amen. We talked about that slothful man out there yelling, there's a line in the way. Look what it says in Proverbs 22, verse 13. The excuse is always, I was busy. I didn't have time. No, the diligent man always has time to do what he needs to do when he needs to do it. The slothful man, what's he saying? There's a line without, and I shall what? Oh, It'd be too dangerous to do that. It'd be too hard to do that. It'd be too difficult to do that. Now I've got better things to do with my time. Parents, here's what you need to do with children to say, uh, in life, there's just no excuse. We, either, we got it done or we didn't get it done. We made it happen or we didn't make it happen. Here's, here's what I'm amazed by. People that are busy and have real responsibilities and big headaches, they deal with so many during the day, they rarely mention any of them. And if they mention them, they mention the smallest ones. But the lazy person... Anything in life's an obstacle. They're going to tell you about the obstacles of life because they're more. Getting up is an obstacle. Just moving around is an obstacle. Eating is an obstacle. We live in day and age. I mean, you pop the lid on a can, you drive through a drive through. I mean, but just eating is an obstacle. Driving to church. I mean, people used to climb on a wagon, they used to walk. Some of you actually have parents, they didn't make, make up the story about milk men. They woke up at four and went out and brought in the cows. Now, the whole part about not having a pail, only having a teacup, so they'd have, they'd have to drink a cup and do another cup, take it into one of the family members. There's 13 in the family. so that, Now, that may be stretching a little bit. How many of you in here actually milked a cow? Those are old people. They've done that recently. Those are dumb people. <laughs> 239 a gallon. I ain't milking a cow. But here's the bottom line. You don't want to kick growing up with all kinds of excuses. It, it, these kids have perfected the art of, of signing their own name because they won't do their own homework. I mean, they sign dad so-and-so with a crayon. Like, that's really workable. Pastor Bob's never seen that before. It's called a child genius, and you raised them. The only reason they do that, not because they're a genius, because they know they've been excused from doing their homework by a parent. Because they know at their home, that's a death warrant. It's not a good idea to sign your name to a homework slip. It's just a better idea to do the homework, not make any excuses. Number three, goes me to Proverbs chapter 10. The diligent man accomplishes his desires. The slothful desires and has nothing. Proverbs 10, verse 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Now, Captain, let me help you out. 
because I help out a lot of people. There are people I will not help. Pastor, why won't you help that person? Because I've helped that person. Oh, I help anyone once or twice. But at some point, you've got to help yourself. Now, here's what you've got to be careful of. At some point, you become a facilitator. So if that person is determined to be lazy and you're determined to help them, you're a facilitator of the slothful. You're a facilitator of the manipulator. And maybe a child, maybe an adult. At some point, you got to say, you better have grace and you better have mercy. You better have a hand that's ready to give. But you also ought to be aware enough to say, there's an issue here if this person has been needy their whole adult life. If their whole adult life has been an excuse. I know that sounds cruel. I'm just trying to help you. You don't want your child to become that person. You make sure, hey, at some point, the diligent in the United States of America, we're not in Malawi. We're not in Nicaragua. We're not in a, a country where you're destined to make $4 a day. You can make $4 in your sleep accidentally if the tooth fairy happens to come by. Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, verse 29. See a sound man diligent in his business. He shall stand knocking at the door of McDonald's at the age of 35 pleading for a job. Once again, I'm not trying to make fun of people. I'm just trying to tell you there's a Bible principle here. And if you're diligent in the United States of America... You provide your own opportunity. All of us go through hard times and there's frustrations and we all have needs. And I remember a lot of moments in my life uh, when we were poor. And here's what I didn't need. Even a missionary. I'm not about to write a missionary letter. God help us. Pleading and the begging that takes place. The hand of the diligent. The hand of the diligent is going to prosper. You see a man diligent in his business, where's he going to stand before kings? He'll not stand before mean men. Go with me, Proverbs 21, verse 25. The desire of the slothful, what? Best, one of the best gifts. I've mentioned before, one of the best gifts my dad ever gave me. Christmas, I was begging for a bike, 12 years old. There's a beautiful big box under the tree. I thought, this is it. My bike is here. And it was, a, he delivered that bike in a in a mower box. That dad's so slick. He's so tricky. I opened it up and it was a mower. And then I said, Dad, I thought we kind of agreed that Santa was going to bring the mower. He said, there ain't no Santa. There ain't no bike. There's, there's a mower because a mower is going to provide you a bike. A mower is going to provide you whatever you want. You dream. A mower provide it. You, you go to Walmart, you walk around, whatever you see, a mower is going to provide it. I mean, I could have given you a better... This, this is the answer to all your prayers right here. You don't have to pray that much anymore. You just... Go mow. Amen? Go with me to Proverbs 26, 15. For the lazy, any effort in life that's demanded is grievous. Proverbs 26, look what it says, verse 15. The slothful hideth his hand... In his bosom, it grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. He's so lazy, it hurts to eat. That's lazy, right? That's the laziness of a baby. Mom, you just put it right there. And I'll sit here and grunt when I'm done. Now you say, Pastor, there, there ain't no child in this building that lazy. No, but there's about 15 in the nursery that lazy. They'll grow out of it. But here's what I want to make sure. They grow out of it as quick as possible. 
And he's just saying, uh, you're not going to be the laziest kid in this house. Uh, you're going to be hard working, and it's in school. And here's, here's the problem. We justify one area of our life where we can be lazy. There are some that are spiritual lazy, spiritually lazy. Work hard. Oh, they'll put in 40, 50 hours, 60 hours, 70 hours for an unsaved boss, as long as filthy mammon's included. But for Christ, an hour is maxing them out. There are some that appear, that appear very hardworking as long as it's for the right boss. God is not their boss. There's a company, there's a CEO, there's a corporation, there's a paycheck behind that. And if they demand 80 hours, they'll put in 80 hours and smile. But if God asks for two, Chinese torture. Be careful you're not finding an area of your life where you're justifying some level of laziness. Make sure you teach your kids. You, you should not be that way at work or at the home, at the house. You shouldn't be that way spiritually. Or if there's a united project, maybe a family uh, is coming together, having a need, the church, whatever that is. Number four, the diligent man understands the value of work, people, material goods, and appreciates everything. You have someone that is diligent. He's learned to value everything in life from the air that he breathes to the God that has provided him salvation to the house that he lives in. doesn't matter how simplistic his life is. He values everything that God has provided for him. And the lazy person is discontent with everything God has done. Look what it says in Proverbs 12, verse 27. In greats have developed that attitude based on the foundation of slothfulness. Proverbs 12, 27. The slothful man roasted not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. I don't understand it. Preacher, this Preacher, preacher, this is your personality. No, no, it's called gratitude. I believe everything here ought to be pristine. Pastor, we clean the backside of the backside of the closets. Yes, I believe my shirts and suits will last until I take them to Malawi or Mexico or Uganda. And I believe they ought to look like they're two months old, not 10 years old. I believe God wants me to polish my shoes and keep my car clean. And I believe everything God has given me ought to look nice because there's a heart of gratitude that says, if God gave that to me, gratitude means diligent in the way I take care of it. Young people, if you're trashing your belongings, your house, your fridge, your cl- you know what that's based on? Ingratitude. You know what a parent ought to do? You get to buy your next shirt. You get to replace those shoes. You'll learn real quick. You're not a big fan of expensive shoes. Nike, schmikey, who cares? I like whatever comes cheap. How many of you parents have done that to your child, 10th grade, 11th grade? I remember when I started making Chris buy, buy his own, and suddenly he loved anything out of style. <laughs> he was never stylish anyways. But if it was $10, $12, it was a beautiful thing. But if a child never had to pay for it, there, there's a slothfulness to it. It says, if I don't have to work for it, it I don't have to be engaged. I don't make, I have to make this happen. I don't have to, to make this work. You're creating an ingrate, and that ingratitude is based on a slothfulness that is developing in their heart. And here's what we want to do. We want to make sure, young people, listen, don't compare yourself to the world. This world is the epitome of laziness, slothfulness, 
lack of true desire. Stop making the world your point of reference and say, I work hard. No, 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 no. You, you ought to find the hardest worker that you know and say, how do I compare to that? And if you young men think you work hard, I'll introduce you to some of the men in our Spanish church that climb on a hot roof and a roof till from seven till seven and never climb off except to get another gallon of water. Why, why do we have to go to Honduras or Mexico to find people who know how to work? Isn't it astounding to you that companies are looking for people willing to do physical labor? They're looking for someone that wasn't born in the United States of America. We ought to say, this group right here, full of Christians, this group ought to be the hardest working group on the planet.